Thank you for joining us again here at Homeland, the podcast. And if you're new to our show, welcome. My name is Frank Foreman. I'm the host of this podcast and chapter lead for the Naval Post Graduate School's Center for Homeland Defense and Security, Southern California Regional Alumni Chapter. Our mission is to bring you yesterday's pioneers, today's leaders, and tomorrow's visionaries within the realm of Homeland Security. Before we begin with our conversation, I'd like to take a moment to note the recent release of U.S. News & World Report's rankings for the top homeland, national security, and emergency management graduate programs. We'd like to extend our congratulations to the Naval Post Graduate School's number one ranking. This ranking placed our school above other notable institutions, such as Harvard, George Mason, Arizona State University, and the University of Southern California. Many of us already knew this in our hearts, but it sure is nice to get the recognition. So with that, let's get on with it. Today, we're joined by Stephen Twing. Stephen is a professor at Frostburg University and the managing editor for the Homeland Security Affairs Journal. This journal focuses on leadership and knowledge in the arena of U.S. Homeland Security and Defense. Let's welcome Mr. Stephen Twing. Welcome, Stephen, to our show, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Happy uh, to be here. I'm glad that we get to speak again. Well, Stephen, uh, you are the uh, Chair of Political Science at the Fosberg University, and can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I've been here for I'm in my 19th year at Frostburg State, and I am uh, I'm kind of the, a one man international relations department. I teach all the IR classes within political science. Most of my research has been in the national security area, so national and international security is kind of my I guess subfield, you'd say. Oh, that's really good. And I do want to make one correction. I said Fosberg, but it's Frostburg University. Frostburg State University. Frostburg yep. State University. Got it. And so uh, a second role that you actually have is the managing editor for the Homeland Security Affairs Journal. And That um, is correct. And then, of course, the infamous Chris Bellavita is the executive editor there. So with that being said, could you just give us a little background of what the journal is about and, and what the purpose is? Well, the journal was created in 2005, and the idea was to essentially create a platform for proposing and debating strategies, policies, and organizational arrangements to strengthen U.S. homeland security and to ultimately promote the development of homeland security as a discipline, both academic and, and practical. That's kind of the primary mission. Uh, we, we try to find submissions that are going to start a conversation about the best ways to do things. You know, what are the best strategies? What are the best policies? How can we do things differently? And to ultimately kind of make things more uh, effective and efficient, I guess you'd say. Well, that's a pretty big mission right there. <laughs> you actually said one word that, that uh, caught my attention that was about discipline. And, you know, this Homeland Security is a relatively new field is it a discipline? And if not, what do we have to do to, uh, to actually make it so? I think it's a work in progress. Uh, I don't know that we're there yet, but I think that, well, the, the CHDS master's program in particular um, is a great platform for creating that. And I think that the journal's mission is, is adjunct to what the, you know, what the CHDS, all of the CHDS education programs are doing. But I think that we're, you know, we're on the path. It's a work in progress. You need to have some foundational concepts, obviously, 
you know, you need to start generating theory and those kinds of things. And, and I think that we're moving in that direction. We're not there yet, but we're on the pathway, I would say. That's good. With the discipline developing, and you mentioned theory, do you see, and I believe you do actually, I wouldn't ask you this question, do you see that academia plays a significant role within the Homeland Security field? Absolutely. One of the things that I love about this job is that we kind of operate at the intersection of social science and practical knowledge in the field of Homeland Security. We'll have journal submissions that are using cutting edge cognitive psychological theories like prospect theory to develop more effective ways to deter attacks on uh, critical infrastructure, for example or using cutting-edge complexity theory, concepts like self-organized criticality to get a better understanding of how crowds behave in domestic you know, riot situations, for example. To me, that intersection, because I was trained as a social scientist, that intersection of social science and sort of real-world homeland security, trying to solve real-world homeland security problems, I just find that really stimulating intellectually. I like working in the realm of the the pracademic, right? You know, the person who is both out in the field doing homeland security, but they're also theorizing about homeland security and trying to develop new tools from the social sciences. I just find that a, a really interesting space to operate in. I get to work with the smartest people in the field, so I consider myself lucky every day. You know, that, that's funny you say it uh, about feeling lucky. When I went through the program at CHDS, one, I was shocked that I got in. And two, I was so stimulated by the people that were in the group. And, you know, I, I read an article the other day in uh, the World Economic Forum that talked about intelligence vers- versus passion and which one do you actually need will, will uh, get you further ahead. And on the intellectual side, I consider myself a struggling academic. But on the passion side, and understanding human nature and the, the social sciences is, is, I think, what is one of my motivating factors. So for you to say that, uh, a nice connection there, I, I really can relate to what you were saying there. But what I also wanted to mention is you, you said the term pracademics. Did you coin mm-hmm. that term? No, no, no. I, actually, the first time I heard it was I did some research with some people in the defense analysis program. And that was actually my first connection to NPS and wrote a couple of journal articles with faculty members there in that department. And I think that's actually the first time I was exposed to that term. But I've subsequently heard it among the, the folks I work with at CHDS as well. Yeah, but you know, no, I, I, I definitely did not coin the term. Okay, well, what's interesting on that, that term is that I think one of the fundamental premises behind the persons that are selected to go through the CHDS program are several people who are academics and then practitioners. And to combine that really is a nice foundation for the Homeland Security community. And uh, for myself, always being a practitioner, to be able to be put in that academic environment really uh, has benefited myself. And actually, my organization has helped because I, what I was able to bring back. And that, that really transitions to my next question for you. How do you see and this this program or the Homeland Security Affairs Journal and what contributions can the journal give to local, state, tribal, and federal uh, entities? Well, again, I, I, I think 
the development of new approaches, the development of new tools that sort of infused social science knowledge with what goes on out in the field. I review manuscripts on a regular basis that talk about, that use, for example, organizational cultural approaches to try to get at how can we make FEMA more adaptive in responding to national, uh, you know, emergencies disasters, whatnot. And again, the, the idea is that we're going to try to publish stuff that will get people talking about better ways to do things. We did a special thesis issue a couple of years ago, and basically the faculty of the CHDS master's program picked out the best theses from a particular cohort and invited the students to write 20-page kind of summary of what their thesis research was. And one of the pieces actually asked a kind of a difficult question or, or maybe an uncomfortable question, which was, when we talk about critical infrastructure, are we really talking about critical infrastructure? In other words, is the stuff that's been categorized as CI, is it really critical? Basically, the implication is that we need to take another look at this. You know, after that piece was published, there was a there was a nice kind of dialogue that got started in the comment section. You know, we got some emails from people out in the community that were like, this is exactly the kind of stuff we need. You know, these are the kinds of conversations and debates that we need to have. And sometimes they're uncomfortable. You know, sometimes they might be a little bit controversial, but ultimately these are the kinds of things that we need to talk about. Or do we have it right? Are we is the way that we're approaching this problem really the best way? You know, I think that provides a practical benefit. Yeah, I definitely could see uh, where you're coming from on that. And, you know, uh, you'd mentioned about the special theses project you had done. Uh, there's a graduate from uh, NPS from the CHDS program, Bijan Karimi, and he actually has his own podcast called The mm -hmm. Reflecting Pool. And he actually takes time, reads, evaluates, dissects individuals' theses, ask them onto a show and they go ahead and in depth and in detail describe what it is and how they're applying it to the community. So the fact you guys did that um, and what Bijan's doing, I, I think is a really good way to publicly let people know what the program offers and what's offered within the uh, Homeland Security Affairs Journal. It's very difficult when there's so many pieces of research coming out to be able to try to grasp a hold of all of it. Absolutely. That podcast initiative is a terrific complementary way to do the same thing that the journal's doing. In some ways, it may even reach more people. I mean, you never know. Some people respond more to a podcast than they do to an academic article uh, in a journal. That's a, a good innovation. Well, and that's why you're on a podcast right now, so I could get your message out to the Southern California chapter, as well as anyone else who listens to this podcast. How about this one? What do you require for somebody to submit an article or research that they've done? And, and, and how do they go about doing it? All they have to do is send a submission to hsaj at nps.edu. That's basically the journal's email. We also have a submissions page. If you go to the journal website, hsaj.org, there's a submissions page that you can click on. And it kind of lays out the guidelines, you know, length requirements, that type of thing. We require Chicago-style citation and notes. The, the submissions page goes into all of that. But basically, go with those guidelines. And then when you've got a manuscript ready, send it to hsaj at nps.edu. 
I'll take a look at it and I kind of make a preliminary decision about whether or not I think it's going to be something that will be of broad and lasting interest to our readership base of Homeland Security professionals. And if it is, then I'll send it out for review. That's kind of the basic process. Cool. So, and and I didn't ask this, I, I made an assumption, but it is a peer-reviewed journal? Oh, yes, absolutely. Everything is reviewed by one or two reviewers. If it's an original research article, then it goes to two reviewers. If it's an essay, then it goes to one reviewer. And then there's, there's also a second stage. Once the, re- the primary reviews have been done and once the primary reviewers sign off, then the editorial committee takes a look at it as well. And that's Chris Bellavita and David O'Keefe and Lauren Woolman. So there's kind of a two-tiered peer review process. And it's also double blind, so nobody knows. Authors don't know who the reviewers are and the reviewers don't know who the authors are. It's pretty standard procedure. That's good. Well, it's nice to have something that is peer-reviewed and another source for our future graduates to, to be able to take research from for their, uh, their research. Yep. Stephen, I appreciate the time today and uh, very informative. I'm going to put into our show notes uh, links to the Homeland Security Affairs Journal, along with a link to uh, Bijan Karimi's uh, reflecting pool. But is there a way that if uh, you needed somebody to get a hold of you, is there a way they can get a hold of you? Sure. My personal NPS email is swtwing, S-W-T-W-I-N-G, at nps.edu. If it's something involving the journal, it's just as easy to email me at hsaj at nps.edu. All right. That's been great. Thank you so much for joining us, and I appreciate your time today. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Take care. So there you have it. Mr. Stephen Twing, Managing Editor for the Homeland Security Affairs Journal. If you're interested in subscribing to or submitting your original work to the journal, go to www.hsaj.org. Once there, follow the links on the left side of your screen. And for your convenience, we place the links to this website in our show notes. Also, if you'd like to hear what Bijan Karimi is doing over at the Reflecting Pool, we've added that link as well. If you've enjoyed this episode or any of our previous, we ask that you share our show with your friends and your peers. Also, subscribe. This way, each time we release an episode, it will be ready for you on iTunes, CastBox, or whichever platform you use. And with that, I am Frank Foreman, your host, and until our next episode, Take care.